Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. May God be with you, our great and awesome God. May we follow him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength each and every day. We have the opportunity to be together, to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength as well. And this moment that we have this morning, I just want you to know that no matter where you are or where you've been or what you're doing, Jesus wants to meet you. Amen. He wants to meet you where you are and what you've gone through. And it doesn't matter who you are. If we start thinking of who Jesus is and the things that he did, we see Jesus at the house of a sinner. And as other people were looking at him at the house of that sinner, that sinner who had also become an apostle of Christ, Matthew, he says, salvation has come to this house today. Jesus went to the house of sinners. He went to the house of tax collectors. He went to the house of the Pharisees. He doesn't matter where we're from or where we're going. He wants to meet us where we are. And I don't know about you in your life. You might be in a low point right now in your life. You may be going through some hard things in your life. Jesus wants to meet you there. And you may be going through some great times in your life and you're going to have great things happen. Jesus wants to meet you there. He wants to be with you. He wants to walk with you each and every step from beginning to end. I love the story of the Samaritan woman as we see here on the, on, on the screen already this morning. You see this picture here. There, those pictures at the bottom is the well that Jacob had built. Jacob's well there in, there in Samaria and Sychar where it was taking place, where this place, this moment in the Bible takes place. And I want us to know and understand, as I was watching the, the, the TV show this week, the episode talking about Jesus and the Samaritan woman, and you see it on videos, you see it on uh, different moments when people are showing movies of Jesus, and you see this scene of him with the Samaritan woman, and you see his love for her, and you see his love for wanting to get to know to her and going to where she is. And I want you to know this morning, Jesus wants to take you from, from this world to give you what is out of this world. Amen. Man, you know how we say that? That was out of this world. Wow, you know, you go on the Wheel of Fortune, you go on these shows and you win on one of these things. Wow, that was out of this world. Or did you see that catch? That was out of this world. Some might be saying that this afternoon about a game also. Wow, that was out of this world. What happened? And all of these things that happened because it's something great, something greater than we can comprehend. And Jesus is saying, I want to take you from this world And give you what's out of this world. Eternal life. Jesus wants to give that to us. He wants to make time for us. Open your Bibles to John chapter 4. And we're going to look and see how much he desires us. How much he wants us. How much he desires that we have a relationship with him. That he is willing to meet us wherever we are. And your hope this morning. You might be thinking, well I'm too messed up for Jesus to want to meet me. He wants to meet you where you are. In John chapter 4, it starts off like this. Looking in the, in the Word of God in verse 1. In verse, actually, it's starting in verse 3. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. John 4, verse 4. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well, and it was about noon. Now we look in the other gospels and we understand that Jesus is going through there, going, going, they're going to want to get to Jerusalem, they're up in the Sea of Galilee, and they want to go get there. Now, we got to understand a couple of things. Let's say here we are in the Sea of Galilee, there over there is Jerusalem. River's over here, okay? Water's over here, and here's Samaria right here. Well, let's say, I'm sitting here in, in the Sea of Galilee in this region. Okay, well, I need to get over to there. What's the logical thing? Well, I'll just walk right over here. It's the quickest way. How many of us want to go? We want to get from A to B as quick as we can, right? 
Now his disciples who were with him, being Jews, seeing this area of Samaria here, what's their idea? Wait a minute. That's still too close. Think about it. They want to stay as far as they can from going through Samaria. Those people that they consider even worse than Gentiles, they're staying that way, they're doing that, and they're trying to get across it. Okay, I'm going to go down this middle aisle. No, okay. They want to go around. And as they get ready to go, Jesus says, we're going to Jerusalem, and we're going to go through Samaria. So in this process of going to Samaria, Jesus says, we're not going to go around. We're go- or going to Jerusalem. We're going to go straight through. Because we have an appointment in Samaria with somebody. I do. How of y'all have got a little bit nervous just looking at me walking around like that, okay? <laughs> I know, it gets nervous, right? Now look at this. Makes much sense, right? The hate was so much that they would not want to go through Samaria. Can you imagine them? I was, I was seeing the, uh, on the chosen, it shows Jesus, the disciples there with the map showing this here and says, well, Jesus, we can get around the river and we go around, then we can get back around to there. And Jesus says, no, we're going through there. And it says here in the Bible in John 4, verse 4, it says this, he had to go through Samaria. He had to go through Samaria. What does that mean? Jesus wants to come to us in our life. Even if it's on a road that had to go through Samaria. Even if it's on the road where anybody else looks at you and you think, and they think, who is this man and who is this person? Jesus wants to meet you where you are. And as we see this, Jesus wanting to meet you where you are, Jesus is not only wanting to meet you, he is willing to meet you where you are. Wow, what an awesome thought to know what our Jesus is ready to Jesus is ready to meet you where you are, even though he may be tired and even though he may be hungry. Because it says when he gets there to Jacob's well, when the disciples go off to get food, Jesus is sitting there and it says that he's tired and he's thirsty and he's hungry. All of these things that he's feeling as in the flesh and all of these moments here at this moment. And as he is sitting there around noon, not only does a Samaritan coming, it's a Samaritan woman coming. Where most of the women would come at the end of the day to come and draw water. But she's coming at noon all by herself. Nobody else there. Which in their culture would understand that this woman was a little bit promiscuous. This woman had done some things perhaps that the other women excluded her from. So she's going to the water at a time while she is by herself. Feeling alone. Feeling isolated from everybody around her to go draw water. Well, as she gets near the well, there's a man sitting there right right by the well. And as he's there, she knows and sees that, wait, this is a Jewish man here. And as she gets closer to him, this man says, will you give me a drink? And what's her first reaction? You're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus is willing to meet you where you are. It doesn't matter position. It doesn't matter color. It doesn't matter nationality. 
Jesus wants to meet you and is willing to meet you where you are. Jesus had to go through Jerusalem. He had to be at this well and he had to be there at noon to talk to this woman at the well. And as we see her at the well and as she's there and she's drawing her water and she begins to ask these questions to him. I want us to know that Jesus not only is willing to meet us where we are. Jesus is willing and wanting to reveal himself to us. Jesus reveals himself so that you may have life. He gets there to the water and she's there at the well. And as he's there at this very moment, Jesus answered her after the woman said, how can you relate with me? How can you talk to me? I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. We don't get along. But yet you're talking to me. Yet you're willing to meet with me. You're even asking me to help you. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And she said, sir, I want some of this living water. I have nothing to draw with. This well is deep. You have nothing to draw with. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us a well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and all his livestock? Jesus says again, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And as Jesus is saying these things to her and he's expressing these things to her, revealing these things to her, he is saying, I want you to understand the gift of God that I have to offer. First of all, I'm going to give my life. I am the present. I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the one, the Messiah. I am the one who is to come, as he will say later on. But also he's saying, I've got a present for you of living water. I have a gift to give you of eternal life. Have something to give you hope. Maybe she didn't feel any hope at this moment in this time in her life. And we're going to see why here in just a little bit that she probably had hardly any hope at all at this very moment in her life. And as this is going on and as this is happening, Jesus is going to be talking, hey, I'm going to give you something. I want to offer you something. I want to reveal you to who I am. And I hope that you will accept what I am and who I am. I want to offer you also not only the opportunity to know who I am and reveal myself and what I have to give this present but I want you not to have to be concerned about where you have to worship it. If you're in a building, if you're under a tree, if you're by the lake, if you're in the Antarctic Ocean on a boat, you can have the opportunity to worship me. The woman says to Jesus when as he's going on and talking here and he's going through this and we'll see the other part here in a minute. But Jesus says this, first of all, woman, believe me in verse 21, a time is coming when you will worship the father. Not on this mountain, nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you don't know. We worship what we know, for salvation comes from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Jesus is revealing himself Not only as the son of God, not as only the one who can provide the living water, the Holy Spirit of God that would be into the people living waters, as he says later on also in the book of John. And he's also offering her something that maybe she hasn't been able to do in a long time. You worship there. We worship there. We can't do anything. Let me tell you, sister, (laughs) let me tell you, friend, a time is coming when you can worship the Lord God and in spirit and in truth. 
And the woman says, you know, when that Messiah comes, he's going to teach us all these things. And he's going to, he's going to let us know these things. And as she says, you know, when the Messiah comes, he's going to teach us all of these things. And he'll, and we'll, he'll explain all these things to us. And then Jesus says, well, that's good. I, I hope that happens. No. Jesus says, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Wow. I am the Messiah. I am king. I am savior. I am the lamb. I am Lord. I am all of these things. Jesus, can we you believe it? Wanting to reveal himself. Reveals it to the high class? No. Reveals it to a woman at the well. I am the Messiah. Wow. Jesus is the Messiah. You know, as we talk here in the second part, Joe, you can put it up there. Jesus reveals himself so that you may have life. He reveals himself as the Messiah. He reveals himself as the one who gives the spirit. He reveals himself as the son of God. But you know what else he reveals about himself in this? He reveals something very special. Something that he knows. And I want you to think about this because it's very important. Because sometimes we try to hide from Jesus. Sometimes we think, I want to meet Jesus. And we, I know we talked about it in our Bible class this morning. But before I meet Jesus, I want to get my ducks in a row. I want to get things right so that when I meet him, he'll meet somebody who's prepared, who is ready. Now, if the ducks aren't in a row, get Jesus. Allow him to start working in those things. But even more important than that, when Jesus says, go and call your husband. Well, Jesus, I don't have a husband. Well, he could have left it at that. Jesus, being the son of God, says the very fact that you said that you are right. In fact, you have had five son, five husbands, and the one that you are with is not your husband. Now, what does she understand? Jesus knows who I am. Jesus is willing to meet you, even knowing who you are. Those things that we don't want to talk to each other about. We don't want to say other those things that maybe we have done that we thought I can never tell anybody this or I would be exposed. Jesus knows. He knows the worst things that you've done. He knows the greatest things that you've done. But the greatest thing that you can understand, even in the worst thing that you know about yourself. Jesus still wants to meet you. He still wants to know you. He wants to give the opportunity to reveal himself to you. And we can understand that the woman understood this. Whoa. Now you know a little bit more information, Jesus. Have you, been into, have you been into the village? Have you been into the city and heard about me coming out here? No. The fact that I know this means that Jesus knows us. And yet he still wants to meet us. Yet he's willing to go. If it's in the prison, he's willing to go that see people can meet him. If it's willing to go wherever it is so that people can meet him, that he can, they can know him 
and that he may reveal themselves to him. And what is the logical response of this woman to him? Man, I know we've been talking about this Messiah. I know, that the, I know the kind of woman that I am. And I know that you're a Jew and you're talking to me. And you're talking about this thirsty, this water. And then you say all of these things. And now you even say, you're right. You know you've had five husbands. And the man you're with is not your husband. And then Jesus says, go on to say, I am the Messiah that came. And what was her reaction? Whoa. (laughs) You know, when you see here in verse 27. Just then his disciples returned. And were surprised to find him talking with a woman. Okay. But no one asked, what do you want? Or... Why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. You know what's so amazing? This woman, probably leaving her house, leaving at midday, taking her jar, being isolated, being all by herself, feeling all the shame of the things that she's done there by herself, just there with that jar, day after day, a reminder of reminding her of the way that she was and the things that she did changed. Look what it says here. Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, She left what? Her water jar. She left the very thing that was there with her. And she went back into the town to talk to the people. You know what she just did? She said, she went and talked to the whole town. This woman who had been ashamed, who had been isolated, and all by herself, all of a sudden, understanding that she has value, understanding that she has worth, understanding that Jesus is the Messiah, or getting to that understanding, and we'll understand later on that many others will come to that understanding that he is the Messiah. But at this moment, can you imagine the disciples? Your water jar's here, don't forget it. But she's already taken off. And she's not taking off because she's scared. She's taking off because she wants to go tell people about the love of God. She wants to go tell people about the Messiah. She wants to go tell people about this person that she has met and his name is Jesus. Could he be the Messiah? Wow. You know what? The greatest gift that we have is Jesus, our Lord. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. For us, for the world. And the greatest response that we have to that is, of course, understanding and giving our lives to the Lord. But having and sharing that desire to go take other people out of this world, take people from this world, and take them out of this world to Jesus also. To follow Jesus. Jesus takes us out of this world so that we may tell others who is 
I didn't write it just exactly right there, but that's what it means. Jesus takes us out of this world so that we may tell others to come out of this world and go into the world of eternity, the world of life that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, Jesus, when he is praising, praying to his disciples in John chapter 17, he says, Father, I pray that you don't take them out of the world, but you protect them while they're in the world because there's another world to go to. So, Lord God, help me as a representative of you to be like this Samaritan woman. Help me to share my story. Help me not to be ashamed. You know what? Whatever you have gone through and whatever it is, Jesus has met you there. He knows it and he has the power to forgive you. And the greatest thing that you can do with that is telling others that you have been forgiven as well. There may be. We are sorry, but due to a technical difficulty, there are a few seconds of Mark's lesson from this week that were lost. We will now resume where the recording returned. We have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Wow. You know what? One of the greatest things is we can go, we can tell what Jesus has done in our lives, And we can have an impact on somebody else's life with our witness, with our testimony, telling them what Jesus has done with us. And above that, when they turn their life to Jesus, hey, now that you have Jesus, you know what, Chuck? You told me about Jesus. I saw your example of Jesus. Now I'm reading God's word, and I'm falling even more in love with Jesus. And that's what's happening with these Samaritans. They're falling in more love with Jesus because they're looking at Jesus and at his word. The influence that we have as brothers and sisters in Christ, as children of God, with our examples to let people know Jesus wants to meet you. And not leave them to convert to us, but to convert to the words of this word, the words of this Bible. God's very word about who Jesus is, who God is. And the plan they made for us from eternity so that we can spend eternity in the future with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In conclusion, you have something that is out of this world. You have eternal life. You have a place in heaven reserved for you. You have the forgiveness of sins. You have a family in faith. You have something that's out of this world. And as we say, go and share it with others. Go and share it with others. Whenever we see something or we think of something that's out of this world, we want to go share it. Can can you, did you see that? Can you believe that? I, I know what. Did you see what Jesus did on that cross? Did you see what happened on the third day when he raised from the dead? Did you see the hope that he's given me? Did you see how he met this woman who was in this case and he loved her enough to go talk to her and willing to go to her in whatever situation she was in? And really it gets down to this. The invitations. The invitation. Anybody this morning who doesn't know Jesus, Jesus has brought you here so that you may meet him. So that you may get to know him. And let you know that he loves you. And Jesus wants to reveal himself to you through his word, through his church, encouraging you. 
and to know this love that has no end and this life that is in eternity. Jesus has that for you. For those of us who are in Christ, we have the opportunity to go and share it. But today, imploring, we don't know when Jesus will come. But when he comes, he will come in his glory. And we want you to be part of his family. We want you to be part of his kingdom. Why keep Jesus waiting? Come to him now as we stand and sing. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and his son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas, 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.